Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. share a word and I just want to kind of build on this uh, teaching on the glory that we started last week and I want to share a word that God's given me that um, I think if you if you get this revelation if you really receive it that you will receive the revelation and the power to not ever have to step back and not go all the way with God that you want that as far as you want to go that you'll always obey God. How many of us, we hear what God says to do, but we get afraid and we just don't obey. We don't obey all the way. We try a little bit of this, a little bit of that to act like we're obeying, but we're not really. Y'all don't have to raise your hand because well, I know that we've all done it. Amen. God's, this is the first time God's ever given me a message by giving me the title first, and so I want to say it before I get started. Um. I was sitting in prayer, and God spoke three words to me, and I said, what? Because this weird, I'm going to tell you. Um, he said, lean into awkward is what he told me to do. I said, oh, that's, that sounds interesting. Um, you're going to have to tell me what that means. And, he's, and he really began to unfold this, this revelation to me. Hallelujah. And that's because whenever we hear God, when we feel to get up and do something, we feel to obey God in, in any area. The very next thought is not how excited I am to obey God. Is that the truth? That's not the next thought that comes into my mind when, when God, where God says do something. The next thought is, I don't know. Was that God? That couldn't be God. Is this the right time? How am I, what am I supposed to say? You want me to get up and do what? What do you want me to say? I need you to lay it all out in front of me, God. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with that? I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's not now, it's not the right time. Maybe I should do it a different time. Those are the voices that come immediately after that. It's that difficult, awkward period when I have not actually obeyed God yet, but He's already spoken to me to obey Him, and I'm in the middle of that decision and the, and the back and forth between God. And what I began to see is, when it's those times when God says go and then he goes silent, you know, get up and take the microphone. Oh, what do you want me to say? Okay, God, what did you want me? What did you want me to say? What did you want me to say though? Okay, Holy Ghost, I'm going to do it. But what did you want me to say? Just if you would just give me maybe the first word. Just what did you, what was it? I, did you speak and I missed it? What did you want me to say? And, and we, try to, we, try to, we try to get a little bit something more out of him. He says, go witness to that person. Oh, what do you want me to tell him? What? I see him. What do you want me to tell him? And, and, then, and then on the occasion that we decide to go ahead and step out, that incredibly awkward 
sense of like dread in the pit of my our stomach comes on us. I'm going to get that microphone. <laughs> I have the microphone. I have it now. And then all the next, sometimes all the next thing he says is open up your mouth. He, he, he tells us the, he tells us what to do. And when, but pastor gave me this revelation a, a few months ago and it has changed my life so much. And that is God won't tell you to do anything else until you've done the thing he already told you to do. Because how can I ask God what, okay, what do you want me to do now? What do you want me to do to, to make this work? He already told me what to do. It may have just been go get the microphone. Go ask for the microphone. It may be open up your mouth. Just, just open up your mouth. Help us, Jesus. And so in, that, in those times when we're, when that, we're, it just makes our skin crawl because the awkwardness of not having a clue, not having a clue. God didn't tell me all what to say. He just told me to speak. Go say something. He didn't tell me what to say when I get the microphone. Just go get the microphone. He didn't tell me what to pray. He just told me to go pray for the person. God just told me to go. Just go. And, and, I'm, in the midst, and I'm in the midst of that. I don't know what to do. Those awkward times when we, when we don't resist the awkward, but we lean into it. When we just, when I'm like, oh, this is awkward, that's going to be good. And instead of kind of like timidly, carefully, cautiously walking up, man, I go up with all the boldness in the world. And I, I put pressure on the awkward is what I do. Because that's where God is. I put pressure on that. God said go. Then God's going to have to show up if he told me to go. Hey, I'm going to go. God said get the microphone. Excuse me. Can I have that microphone? Don't ask me what I'm about to say. <laughs> Do not know. Can I have that microphone? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Something about from, is about to come out of my mouth that is the Holy Spirit. Maybe I'd just stand there like this. Until God says something else. Apply the pressure. But what God, is, what God wants us to see, because you know, people say God's testing you sometimes. God already knows you. Those times come so you know you. So you know what you have inside of you. And He wants to know and He wants us to know, how far will you go with me with just one instruction? Because in one instruction is all the power to do everything that God has called you to do. In the word go, if he says, just go, Pastor Cindy, go. All the power to complete everything that was in the going is in that one word. And in the obedience, complete, total obedience to that one word, go. Just go. I'll take care of it along the way. Go. In Matthew 24... Peter got that word. Come. As I say Matthew 24, I'm at Matthew 14, verse 28. Peter answered and said unto him, Jesus had walked out onto the water. He didn't know if it was Jesus or not. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And Peter did more than most of us do. Because he didn't reason it out. He said, well, hang on just a minute. He didn't say, hang on just a minute, Jesus. What am I going to step out onto? Will you tell me what I need to step out onto? Do you have, a, you have another little boat? 
Do you have a thing down? What am I? Are there some rocks down there? What's going to happen? He just said, come. And he walked out on the come. He's, I'm going. He said, come. I am coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But he said, it says, he came down out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous and he began to feel afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? Peter started obeying God. And when and when the awkward moment came when he realized, Jesus ain't really explained to me what I'm supposed to be doing out here on this water. He has not actually explained to me how I'm even on this water. He hasn't told me what to do now that I'm on the water. What am I supposed to do? Jesus, how, he was seeing how far are you going to go on the commandment? Come, Peter could have gone all the way to Jesus on the one word, come. But in that... In the awkward moment when we start getting all those other voices, the voice of the storm was in his head. The voice of the waves was in his head. And at that point, the voice of reason was in his head. Humans cannot walk on water was in his head. Because he started looking at the circumstance and trying to figure out what was going on and all the other stuff. And thinking, well, what is Jesus? What am I even doing here? Obeying Jesus to say, come. He didn't tell me what to do. He didn't tell me how to do this. And when... He got to Jesus when Jesus pulled him on up. He got rebuked and he said, you have little faith. If you had faith, it, the one word would have been enough. Come. And I said, and then I had to repent because I said, Jesus, how many times have I, have we not even got out of the boat? Because we wanted a better explanation before we obeyed you. That's even littler faith. Help me, help me, Jesus. Help us have faith, God. Help us have faith. Things got uncomfortable for Peter. And there was some pressure. That's the reason the awkward comes. The pressure was getting applied to the word that God put in him. Come. And then silence from God, because that's how God works. He had not completed the first word, come. He didn't make it to Jesus yet. And so God didn't have to tell him a different word. When circumstances looked differently, when things got uncomfortable and awkward and scary, he didn't have to give him a different word because he hadn't completed the first word, come. Had he completed the first word, Jesus would have, this conversation would have went differently. Jesus would have said something wonderful to him when he got there, I'm sure. But he didn't complete the first word that God gave him. Hallelujah. In Psalm 62, verse 5, it tells us a little bit about setting the atmosphere to obey God. And that is what I call the atmosphere of unusual expectation. I can have a little bit of expectation, and when God speaks, I just have a little bit of faith. But if I have an unusual amount of expectation, 
He says, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him in Psalm 62, 5. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. God recognized you're going to lean one direction or another in those times when the awkward situation is there, when you need to trust in something because things are difficult and the pressure's on, you're going to lean on one thing or another. Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean in to what God is doing. Trust in what the Lord said to us. Trust in the word that he gave us. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. When we set our atmosphere of expectation... our faith rises up to that level of expectation. And what do I mean by that? When we're going in the presence, you know, the presence of God's coming in, we're in praise and worship and we're, we're loving it. It's all wonderful. And then we have just this feeling like you, you need to get up and testify. About what? What do you want me to say? You need to get up and, and give a word. Okay, what do you want me to give? What do you want me to say? You need to get up and ask for prayer. You need to get up and pray for somebody. You need to get up and do something. I'm asking you to get up and sing. I'm asking you to get up and obey God. And then we're faced with a decision. See, we've been in a good place. We all just love the worship. Hallelujah. We talked about this last week. We love that worship. Love the presence as it comes in. But the reason it gets awkward in there is because... There's a decision point where the pressure of the enemy comes in and we have to decide, am I going to lean? Is that pressure going to make me lean this direction or am I going to lean into it? Lean into the awkward, lean into the I don't have a clue what I'm about to do. Lean into the I'm going to do what God said, come, I'm going to come. God said, get up on the stage. Don't know why I'm going to get up on the stage. Lean in, lean into what God says to do in our own lives. When we're when we have a word from God about our children. You know that all hell comes against that word. Persecution comes for the word's sake. All hell comes against that word. And so we have a decision then. Am I going to believe the things that I see or am I going to lean on the word that God gave me? Or am I going to lean on my own understanding? Peter's problem was that he leaned on his own understanding once the pressure got on him. My, my own understanding, I understand that I can't walk on the water. And if I lean into the word of God, the word of God says something different than my own understanding. Amen. Hallelujah. The greater the expectation we set, the greater the pressure that we put on that. And the greater the pressure we put on it. I'm fixing to show it to you in the word too. It's good. The greater the pressure we put on it, the greater the fire of God that falls. Amen. In 1 Kings 18... Verse 21. I'm going to start there. It says, And Elijah came unto all the people. He had been running from Jezebel, running from Ahab. They wanted to kill him. Um, he had, God told him, God gave him a word, go and present yourself. That was God's word. He didn't tell him what else to do. You can read and see. He just said, go and present yourself to Ahab. So he went and presented himself to Ahab. And then, because God hadn't moved yet when he presented himself into Ahab, he leaned in on that word. God gave him everything he needed to 
accomplish his work in the word, which was go and present yourself to Ahab. And so he doubled down on the awkwardness of it. And I love this story. He said to the people of Israel, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, put no fire under it. And I'm going to dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. We're going to call on the name. You're going to call on your gods. I'm going to call on the name of the Lord and the God that answered by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Do you know that it doesn't say that God spoke to him to do that? It just said, God said, go present yourself to Ahab. And he got there. He got there in the process of obeying God. And he said, hmm, breakthrough hasn't come yet. Holy Ghost ain't come yet. Okay, well, how can I, how can I keep moving forward in the word that God said? God said, present yourself to Ahab, and I'm going to show myself over the other gods. He said, okay, we're going, I'm going to, I have an idea. Let's have a trial by fire. And he let them cut themselves and he mocked them all day long while they cut themselves and prayed to their God and nothing happened. And then it was his turn. And God still hadn't showed up. See, this is, how many of y'all been there? You had a, you, you're trying to obey God and, and God just still hadn't showed up yet. Still hasn't showed up yet. And so we go back. We, then we want to negotiate with him some. What do, okay, God, well, I'm here. What am I supposed to do? We try to draw back a little bit sometimes and say, well, God has not showed up at all. Maybe he didn't tell me to do this. Elijah was in a bad situation if God didn't tell him to show up to Ahab because he was going to leave there dead. Or he was going to leave there victorious. It was going to be one way or the other. And he said, God hasn't showed up yet. <laughs> And I just, I could just, because I put myself in these, in these giants of faith shoes sometimes because they are human and we look at them sometimes like they had some other access to God than what we have. They had the same access to God. And so they had the same feelings And I just, I just imagine I'm, I'm thinking about him and I just imagine him sitting there feeling all the time while he's mocking, he's putting on his faith. He's put, you know, he's faking it till he makes it. And he's, and he's mocking them, saying, God, your God's not showing up. Ha, ha, why don't you cut yourself a little bit more? Maybe he's, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's using the bathroom. Maybe you need to cry out a little bit louder. And he's applying the pressure. He's putting the pressure on what God said. Maybe you need to do this a little bit more. I know my God's going to show up, but I just know, because I, I know people, I know me. I know the whole time he's inside, just cringing. Oh, my God. If you don't show up, what, are, what is going to happen? If the fire doesn't fall, what is going to happen? I don't even, God, this was all my idea. You just told me to present myself to Ahab. What have I got myself into? Holy Ghost, are you going to show up or not? But instead of, instead of letting that pressure push him another direction, he, said, he just set his feet and he said, I'm, I'm going to lean into this a little bit more now that it's my turn. So he set 12 stones up, verse 31. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with, and with the twelve stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around it, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood in order, and he cut the bullocks in pieces, and he laid them on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water. 
pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it again. They did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran around the altar. He filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and he began to pray. Elijah has, at this point, pushed and put pressure. Any amount of pressure that the enemy put on him in fear and in, in intimidation and in wanting to pull back and draw back and in questioning and in doubt, he put that pressure right back on him. He put that pressure right back on the Word of God until, until the time came. The time came because time is in the break. The breakthrough is in the timing. The time came when he got up to say a prayer. And I can also just imagine that he's, he's biding his time because sometimes... We just sit and wait on the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we don't know what God's about to do. Have you ever tried to obey God and you end up in a situation where I'm, well, hmm, waiting, waiting. He used his time waiting to put more pressure on it, to put more pressure on it. To put more pressure on. So when a spirit of fear came against him, I just, this is just me reading between the lines. When that spirit of fear came against him, he said, no, there's a bottle of water. When that doubt came on him, there's a barrel of water. Put it on there. When intimidation came on him, there's a barrel of water. When, oh my God, are you even going to show up? Another barrel of water. He began to put more pressure, more pressure, until he got up finally. Felt the Holy Ghost rise up in him, I'm sure. And he got up finally, and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant. Hey! Because sometimes we got to remind ourselves when we've been in that battle that I am the servant of God. Let it be known. I am the servant of God and that I have done all these things at thy word. What word? The word of go and show yourself to Ahab. I've done all this stuff at your word, God, to put some pressure to go as far as I can go with your word. And I'm at the end. I've gone as far as I can go with your word. So now hear me, O Lord, hear me that that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And then all the people saw it. They fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. Now here's one thing. This is why I said at the beginning, the greater the pressure, the greater the fire. Because I actually believe that he could have just put his sacrifice up there, called down fire from heaven, it would have burned up, and everybody would have been happy. But he kept putting, applying pressure to that word. He said, no, God's greater. God's greater. I'm here and my life is on the line. God's greater than me maybe getting out of here because a little bit of flame showed up. God's greater than me just proving a point and all of Israel staying in bondage to the prophets of Baal. God's greater than just me knowing that I'm right and God coming through a little bit for me so that I can get out of this. When Israel is in bondage, there's 500 prophets of Baal that God hasn't struck down yet. And in the name of Jesus, hey, I'm going to keep putting some pressure on this until I know that the fire that falls is so great that it will consume any enemy. It's going to set the people of Israel free. It's going to call forth all the prophets of God that are still in hiding because they're afraid to even get up and show their face before the enemy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hey, 
So we don't use those opportunities when the awkward is there and we're afraid and all these things come against us. I don't even know if I heard God or not. We don't use that opportunity to question. We don't use that opportunity to say, no, God, you really need to remind me one more time that you said it. We have an opportunity then to put some pressure, to apply some pressure to the devil's war against our mind so that the victory is greater in the end than it would have been if he hadn't even bothered to bother me to begin with. Hey, maybe next time he'll leave me alone and just let me get up and say my word and I won't be afraid because he's going to see that if you mess with me, if you put pressure against what God's trying to do with me, the fire that comes is greater than what would have been there to begin with. I know some of y'all have fought battles over your children for decades to be saved. Decades. Don't question the word of God that he's given you. I know God's given you words over your family. Don't question the word. Put pressure on the word so that when your kid finally comes in, they take an army with them. If you're praying over healing, don't question the word. Don't doubt the word. Don't be Peter and, and sink and lose what God was saying to you. Know that when you come out of that, put, some, put enough pressure on it that the fire that comes for your healing is great enough to spill over and heal anybody else that needs to be healed. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just know because can't you just see God looking down at Elijah with this goofy grin on his face, when he's, I can just see him calling the angels over and be like, hey, hey, c- come look at this. I just told him to go present himself to Ahab. That's all I told him to do. Look at what he's doing down there. This guy gets me. He gets me. He gets me. Just wait a, wait, wait a little bit long. No, don't go down yet. Don't start the fire yet. He's going to put some more water on there. Just wait. Just wait. Don't start that fire yet. Don't answer him quite yet. He's going to put a little bit more pressure. Oh, it's going to be, let it be even bigger. No, a bigger fire. No, a bigger fire. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, there's some more water. Bigger fire, bigger fire. Okay, no, big enough that it melts all the rocks and everything. Let's get it all together. Let's really show up for him because he put some pressure. Hey, hallelujah. (laughs) You know, he could have done the, what I, what I see in it is that when God speaks, Elijah, he could have done anything he wanted to do. In the realm of presenting himself to Ahab, he could have timidly gone up there. I'm here. You were looking for me. Here I am. (laughs) We don't know what God would have done in that situation, but we know what God did when he kept on putting some pressure on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why whenever God heals us and the next day we feel the same way. We don't say, oh, God didn't really heal me. I get up and I put some more pressure on that. I can have my eyes all swollen, nose running, talking about uh, God healed me of allergies. He healed me of allergies. I don't know. and This don't matter. Don't matter what it looks like. God healed me of allergies. I know it. He did it. This attack ain't nothing, nothing. Hey. (sighs) 
we can see Elijah's humanity in it too because how we just we put these we put these men of God who were great men of God we put them up on pedestals that is not human because as soon as he beat the devil as soon as he killed 500 prophets of Baal killed them all he goes out into the woods and he says God Oh God I want to die I just want to die. I don't know if I heard you or not. I know the fire showed up, but I probably messed it all up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm never getting back up there. I'm never doing it again. I'm never preaching again. I'm never going out with a word again. I'm not ever going to obey God. I'm the only one that did it anyway. I'm it. I'm just it, and I just want to die. Just take me up to heaven. I did what you asked me to do, and I feel horrible about it. That's what he said. So Satan even comes and attacks us after the victory. And God had to slap him around a little bit and say, there's still prophets of God. There's still people of God that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Get up. Had to tell him three times, get up. And he went back to sleep. He said, I want to die. Get up. Get up. If you don't get up, you're going to starve to death. Get up. Get up and do it again. So we got up and did it again. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I love, I love the story about Jesus, too, because we can see even Jesus leaned into awkward. Mark 5, 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, um, the ruler of the synagogue came to Jesus and told him, my daughter's dead. And when Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the house, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Jesus recognized something very important. That when we're in those times, the voices that I allow in matter a lot. To where he didn't even take all his disciples with him. Because he had to know that if he heard God, he could do it and nobody would question it. He had to know that if he heard God, he was surrounded, even if it was just three people. He was surrounded by people who would say, yes, 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 God said it. Yes, God said it. He said, be not afraid, only believe. And he came to the house of the ruler and of the synagogue and, he, and seeth the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. They were mourning. And when he came in, he said unto them, why make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. The word of God. And they laughed him to scorn over it. That's awkward. That's awkward. We all, you know, we think, of, we think about everybody, Marcel to everybody, when they come in and declare the word of God. We think of them like, thus saith the Lord, she's not dead, she's asleep. Hallelujah. And everybody goes, whoa. Yes. That's true. That's true. And they say it with such authority, they never doubt, they never waver. But here you can see that Jesus 
could discern the attack on his mind that was coming against him before he even left. And so that he had to get three, just three people that he knew would back him up in that prayer, that he knew that would believe with him no matter what it looked like. And he had to get all these people who were laughing him to scorn. He had to get them out. Hey, had to get them out and said, get, get out. And when they were out, when they were out, that's when he went in. He wouldn't even look at the girl. Because he could, he, we got to understand, we have to guard our mind whenever God speaks. Because if he, had, if he had taken all his disciples, you know, Doubting Thomas, Judas, the liar and the cheater, if he had taken all, the, all them disciples with him, and they'd all go in there, they would probably would have laughed too. Like, but Jesus, I went and looked at her already. She is dead, actually. She is, she is, you said she's asleep, but I just went and looked. She's dead. She is dead. No, I said she's asleep. The word of God came to me and said she's only sleeping. So he, he had battles on every, he had his own people battling him. He would, have had, he would have had him if he had brought him. He had all these people laughing at him who didn't even believe in him to begin with. They didn't even ask for him to show up. They were all in their mourning, laughing. He had a battle on every front. And he knew, even Jesus knew, because he even said he couldn't work miracles in his hometown because of all the unbelief. He knew that if there was too much unbelief, if that battle came too hard against him, that he wasn't going to be able to do it. And so he had to, he, so he got the people with him that he knew would back him up. He put out every other voice. You know, if you have people in your life that you, when you say, God said, I'm delivered. Hmm. No, see, if you're an addict, you're always an addict. God said, I'm healed. But your legs still look swollen to me. No, God... God said, I'm healed, but I still see that you're sniffling and sneezing and your eyes are itchy. So God didn't heal you. Those words of doubt, that's, you know that that is a demon spirit? It's not just a person. It doesn't matter how close they are to us. If they're our friends or family, they were Jesus' disciples who lived with him, walked with him, saw all his miracles, knew, knew what, that, what the word of God came out of his mouth. So he had to put them all out, just get his three people in there. <clears throat> and then he could go in and look because he wasn't going to have all. Then he could deal with the reality of I'm going in here and I'm going to see this girl. Is she going to be what God said or is she going to be what these other people said? Is she going to be sleeping like I said she was, like God said she was, or is she going to be Dead, like they said she was, but he only allowed the people to come in who picked him up in the faith. He went in there and he said, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus knew when God said, Go bring that baby back to life. When God said, just go, go with that man. You're going to bring that baby back to life. And he was a human. He operated in the gifts just like we can operate in the gifts. And so I believe, I would almost say I'm 100% know for certain that God didn't speak to him again. Because God said, go. he didn't go with people. 
if God didn't say go with them. He said, go. Go. He said, I, I believe probably God said, tell the man, have faith. Only believe. I'm going with you to your house. He got in there. And he had to operate only on what God said to him originally, which was go. Just go. What am I going to do when I get there? What am I going to see when I get there? Is she actually going to be asleep? Is she going to be dead? Is she going to be dead for five days and stinking like Lazarus? What's she going to be? I don't know what she's going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to work out. But God said go, and I'm going to obey it until the completion of that word comes to pass. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He could have let the people who were laughing him to scorn send him away. He could have got there and believed them. He said, oh, you know what? Maybe I was just too late. Maybe I didn't really hear God. Maybe I was just moved by compassion and not by the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Our Father, God, the times that you have spoken to us, the times that you have spoken to us, God, and we leaned on our own understanding. We leaned on our flesh. We leaned on doubt. We leaned on reason. We leaned on trying to figure things out. We leaned on fear, God. We leaned towards those things instead of into your spirit. My God in heaven today, many of us have not ever, or maybe only just a few times, really allowed God to use us because we feel I feel tongues rising up in me. Maybe I should give a message in tongues. I, I feel something stirring up in me. I feel like I need to go prophesy something. I don't know what, though. And, and we reason with God. I need to go witness to that person. And I reason it out. And I try to figure out. I let fear come sit on me. I let doubt come sit on me. I let intimidation sit on me. How many of us can say, I am I'm ready to overcome that awkwardness whenever God tells me to do something. We know, we all know God's told us to do something before. We've all felt the Spirit saying, just pray this prayer. Just go ask that person if you can pray for them. Just get up there and share this testimony. Just, get, just go over there and make that person a pie. Just go do this. Just go do that. And we, and we start, hey, God, I'm a kind day. We start to reason. Is, is that, was that God? Is this the right time? I don't know what to say, God. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? If you could just tell me a little bit more about what you're wanting from me, I'll do that. We want to control him because that really is what it is. I want to control the Holy Spirit. I want things to be under my control. But if things, if, but I, I can't control miracles. I can't make them happen. They only happen if there's this, like Apostle said a few days ago, if there's this pure connection where I take hold of God and I take hold of you and I'm just a conduit of the Spirit. If I try to put my own control in there, I'm blocking. I'm, I'm here in the middle. I'm blocking that flow of the Holy Spirit. Let's all just stand a minute. and We're going to just sing this song for just a second. And then, then, I wanna, then we're going to repent. 
and then we're going to be empowered. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.